start recording. You know, all the things we gotta do. All the small, small things, things to make a podcast. And welcome to Sort of My Podcast. My name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human. Guys, we got a lot of cool stuff to cover today. We got two awesome trailers back to back. We almost got a third. Unfortunately, I, from what I'm understanding, the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer got pushed back, but it did get shown at a Comic-Con, and I've heard some some stuff. I'm not even gonna tell you what it was. I'm just gonna I'm gonna let it ride until the trailer comes out because now that there is one been released anywhere it's coming soon but what we did get and what we're going to talk about first is the new captain marvel trailer and the first thing i want to point out from this trailer is a little bit of a quote uh that says your life began the day it nearly ended uh and it seems like during this moment carol's blood is green after some kind of wreck that we actually see twice in the trailer before she's taken off world so this is hinting at maybe more of a half Cree, half human background. Who knows? We do know that this is going to be more based on the Kelly Sue DeConnick version of the character. So I'm feeling like that's going to be part of it. Although they did just have some sort of like, you were actually this the whole time thing in the comics recently. I don't know exactly what. I stopped reading that book. And I also think that maybe the wreck is caused by scrolls. As I mentioned, we see the wreck twice. During the second time, it seems like the scrawl is responsible. But now this could be a, a misdirection on Marvel's part. We've gotten those before with things happening in trailers uh, that didn't actually happen in the movie, or at least the way it goes down in the trailer. Uh, see the Avengers Infinity War trailer for that. But it could be because it does seem like between the shading and the background, I don't know. They've changed backgrounds before, too, so <laughs> who knows? But the scrolls could be responsible for uh, drawing first blood on Carol Danvers here. Also, we get an idea of why there's not going to be much of an age difference between this film, which is set in the 90s, I believe 1994, it's been confirmed, and Avengers 4, and it's because of Annette Benning's narration giving us some sort of clues here about... Uh, we, we found you and we, we made you better and stronger and, uh, you're going to live longer and stuff. So obviously there's going to be some sort of extension of life here. Probably nothing like close to immortal, but you know, uh, a, a regular Captain America type situation. It seems to be a theme with captains in the MCU. Uh, we also got to see some uh, Quinjet action, uh, an early concept of the Quinjet, too, is it's not even black yet. Uh, it, it feels like it's like before the paint job, like they just built this thing. It looks pretty cool, though, and I was digging that Super Saiyan vibe we were getting from Danvers towards the end of this trailer. Uh, I know that probably wasn't the intention, but it's immediately what popped into my head. And j speaking more to that scene... Man, God, these effects look so good in this. I mean, I, I know I shouldn't be surprised by this at this point, especially with Avengers Infinity War and how great that turned out. I mean, look at Thanos. Thanos looks real. He's CG, but he looks real. That's insane. How do they pull that off? 
And so, again, I don't know why I'm surprised by this, but I'm always elated to see some awesome, badass superpower effects. Uh, so much mask, so much young fury, so much awesome in this trailer. Uh, one question, though. Uh, Mr. Sunday Movies brought to my attention that Jude Law will be playing Yonrog, uh, who, if you're not familiar, is a Kree military commander sent to supervise the troublesome planet of Earth. He's actually a primary foe of Carol Danvers and kind of indirectly responsible for her transformation into Miss Marvel. Uh, this was actually revealed by merchandise, but IMDb still has him listed as Marvel. Now, I don't know if if IMDb is a thing where people can go and update it on their own. I would assume Marvel has control over that account, but I'm not 100% sure there. I didn't care enough to research it, but I did look into it just that little bit, and I don't know where we stand on this one. Uh, but I should point out, though, that the merchandise in question here, it, it had a mask on him. So, you know, you can't really tell if that's Jude Law's character or not. Uh, could be a little bit of both. Who knows? Maybe this trailer gave away a little bit more than it needed to, but not enough to steal away from the effect of the film. Uh, I mean, it's not like I'm going to not go see it because I feel like I've gotten the whole thing or anything like that. But I really wish they would have kept that old lady situation like, keep that for the film. That would have been fun just to see play out for the first time. But, you know, here it is in this trailer. But that's all I really want to say about that one. I am so excited to get into this next one. We we got to cover this next one. Oh, okay, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about... The Avengers 4 trailer, first of all, opens on such a heavy note uh, with Tony Stark recording this really sad message to Pepper because Tony Stark and seemingly Nebula, due to shots of her in the trailer, uh, are adrift in space on the Milano with resources near depletion. As of recording the message to Pepper, he says, uh, I believe it's that the air supply will... Uh, be all out of love and so lost without you. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. It's that it'll uh, be running out in a day. That's right. <laughs> uh, so this raises the question, who's going to save them? I'm not worried about Tony here. I know, I know he's going to make it out of this. I know he's going to get back together with the gang uh, because there's any number of people out there in the galaxy, even after uh, the snap, the Thanos snap, that could find him. So I, I believe Rocket made it out. So I mean, even Rocket himself could figure out a way to find the Milano. So I'm not too worried about whether he'll die or not. It just, it's a very dire situation and it does raise the question who? Who's going to be their savior? Or will it be Captain Marvel herself? We know she's going to be in this film, uh, although we didn't get a, a glimpse of her in the trailer, which, smart play. Honestly, if they do reveal her in the next trailer, I, I hope it's, like, minimal at best. I want to see, like, almost nothing from her. I want that to all be pure, in the theater, awesome. But we do now know that uh, Shuri is apparently missing, as we see Bruce Banner looking at a few pictures of, I believe it's Scott Lang, uh, a.k.a. Ant-Man, uh, Peter Parker, and Shuri. So what happened to her? We really didn't see her after the Black Order breaks in and tries to get to Vision while they're trying to get the Mind Stone, or I'm sorry, the Soul Stone, out of his forehead. 
So, yeah, what happened to Shuri? Where did she go? Was she snapped? Like, I don't know. Let's talk about the end of the trailer, but not the title. Not yet. Between Cap looking at his pocket watch picture of Peggy right before talking about some plan uh, that needs to work, and then Ant-Man showing up at their house with the van that last we saw had a miniature quantum tunnel in it, I think there may be some time hopping involved in the plan to undo what is now officially being called the decimation thanks to a Avengers prequel comic. But Janet Van Dyne herself tells Scott Lang about time vortexes in the quantum realm during the end credits sequence in Ant-Man and the Wasp. So it only makes sense that these little elements would come together because they, they never forget the Chekhov's gun in these films these days. There, there have been a few threads that fell loose, but in Phase 3, this is a really tightly knit, universe of movies and I do not see this falling through the cracks I definitely think there's going to be some time hopping here and I oh fuck I can't wait to see that uh but now for the title of the film because I unlike the last trailer I did do a little digging on this I thought the name of the film may be from one of the like 70 Marvel events from the last 10 years that I missed. But the only thing that comes even close to an event called Endgame is a three-issue arc that takes place in X-Factors number 65 through 67 after the fall of the mutants arc. And the only reason I call that an event is because that's what it's listed as on the Marvel Wiki page. But I did find a story entitled Endgame in issue 6 of 2003's run of the Thanos comics thanks to The Hollywood Reporter doing a pretty lengthy dive into Marvel Comics stories with Endgame in the title. In this comic though, Thanos, at this point a somewhat misanthropic anti-hero as much as anything, finds himself restoring planets and lecturing cosmic entities on consequences of their actions, having first seemingly destroyed the personification of the abstract concept of hunger. And while this story does share the title of the film, Avengers Endgame, and does involve Thanos, and in fact kind of flies in the face of the decimation itself, and would be a little interesting to see him doing towards the end of the film, I honestly don't think this is going to have anything to do with the majority of the story. Like I said, it may be like a little taste at the end of the film if they don't end up full-on killing the shit out of Thanos, which I could absolutely see them doing. But that's just my thoughts on it. I felt like this might come up down the road in other people's YouTube videos or in articles getting shared around. I don't know. What I do know, though, between... Marvel Studios logo turning into dust, uh, the Scarecrow, Clint is back and he's more Ronin than ever. There's so many tasty tidbits in this and so many questions coming from all of it. Man, I can't wait to get into this film. I believe it's April it's coming out. I should have taken a note of that, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. April or March, one of the two. But Man, that's going to be so great. And you know what else is great? Uh, The Game Awards. That went down. But I don't really feel like I'm the person qualified to talk about this. So that should probably be left up to Alpha's video game editorial. Take it away, James. Hey, everyone. Alpha Spectre here with a new episode of Alpha's editorial. This past week, we had the Video Game Awards. It was big. Uh, There were a lot of surprises, uh, a lot of really great games revealed, 
bunch of awards handed out, some of them surprising, some of them not so much. Obviously, the Game of the Year award is a very coveted award. The winner of this award goes on to make a Game of the Year edition that usually has some extras, maybe some included DLC that wasn't with the original game. So it's always fun and exciting to see who's going to get that Game of the Year. But there were plenty of other awards to be handed out, and so we're going to start with a few of them that they started the night off with, with Best Action Game going to an indie game called Dead Cell. Now, I checked out this game a little bit, looked up some gameplay, and it's a really cool-looking action game. It's kind of a uh, 16-bit look, like late Super Nintendo stage look. Uh, action game, kind of a hack slash basic attacks with a little bit more difficulty thrown in later on as you get abilities, uh, some cool stuff like that. I can see why it won best action. It was very action packed. Moving on, we had the best RPG, which went to, uh, Monster Hunter World. Now, during the Game Awards, they also announced that there was big news coming for Monster Hunter World, which they have revealed to be a new expansion in a somewhat Icelandic type of environment. So this is pretty exciting. I've played this game for several hours and still have not beat the game. It's incredibly exciting. The weapon choices and the play styles are almost infinite. And being able to do what you want, find and fight all sorts of different creatures, as well as a really well laid out story mode, it's definitely a great game to have. And I can see why it won Best RPG. Following that award, though, we did have a Best Esports team, which I am very familiar with this team. I watched several years worth of League of Legends, Regionals, Worlds, all the, all those kind of championships. And this is a, a big team in the League, league, I guess you could say. It's uh, Cloud9. And they've been a crowd favorite for years. They've been a, a personal favorite for years. And I was pretty happy to see them win the best esports team. There were some, some other good contenders in the run, but ultimately Cloud9 is a very dominant team. They play well together. They always know how to help and support each other. They always pick great characters to match with each other. And they're all great friends as well. So it makes sense that they would win this Best Esports Team award. These next few are also in the Esports category. So the Best Esports game went to Overwatch, which was a little surprising to see it win over League of Legends or even Fortnite, but Overwatch has become a massive player in the esports realm. We had the Best Esports event was the League Worlds Championship. If you're a fan of League of Legends and you've never watched the Worlds, you are definitely missing out. It's it's a great, great watch. Uh, it is actually exciting. If you enjoy watching streamers on Twitch and other things like that, then you would definitely get excited for something like this. The best host was EE Shocks, which I am not familiar, but congratulations to them. Uh, the best esports coach goes to Reapered. Again, not entirely sure who that is. And the best esports moment goes to the the Cloud9 comeback in one of the, le the league tournaments. This year was a year that I missed any of the league championship games. 
I'm kind of disappointed that I missed them, but life gets busy, you miss out on some things, whatever. This definitely was worthy of the best esports moment. So I'm going to uh, pan over a little bit to some of the games that they revealed. Right off the bat, one of the big games that they announced was Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order. If you're familiar with the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games, obviously you're going to be hyped up for this. I'm looking forward to seeing more of what they're going to offer before I get like real big on the hype train. But overall, I am excited to be seeing a new Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Uh, they announced the new Far Cry game, which is Far Cry New Dawn. Uh, another game called Ancestors Scavengers. They announced Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled, which looks like it's going to be a remastering of the original Crash Team Racing with some new stuff thrown in. Uh, another game called The Outer Worlds, which this has been gaining a lot of popularity on on social media since some of these trailers have come out. This is kind of, it, it appears to be Borderlands slash Fallout in space. And I think that is fantastic. Uh, there's another game called Dauntless that was brought up. It has been around for a little while. It appears to only be on PC. It's from Epic Games, who's the creator of Fortnite. And it actually looks really cool. You have a, uh, a four-person team, and you go out to fight these behemoth creatures. And your goal in mind is to work as a team. There was a new Player Unknown Battlegrounds map edition revealed in, in a snowy region. Uh, Atlas, and that's a new game from the creators of Ark. A very open world. I, I think they said something along the lines of 12,000 times the size of the biggest Ark server. So that's pretty exciting, but that also means this game is going to be absolutely huge. And it's going to have just about anything and everything you can imagine. Uh, now, obviously, I did not take a whole lot of notes on these games, uh, but I encourage you to look all these up because they were all fantastic and these all had reveal trailers and everything to go with them. We also got some Crackdown 3 information. It was pretty exciting when Terry Crews popped up on the screen at the Game Awards and was talking to himself, which if you didn't know, Terry Crews is one of the voices for Crackdown. And we finally have a release date for this game, which is February 15th. So we're going to switch gears back over towards some, some more awards real quick. They, they had one this year. It was Best Student Game. And the game that won that is called Combat 2018. And this was a game just created by actual college students. And it won in this category. And big props to those guys. That's a big thing to go out and do to make a game that makes it into the running in the video game awards and then to go on and win. That's huge. And that team is definitely going to end up going places for sure. We then go into some of the bigger awards of the evening with uh, Best Narrative going to Red Dead Redemption 2, followed by Best Performance, that is Best Actor-Given Performance in the game, was also won by Red Dead Redemption 2. 
best score and or music was Red Dead Redemption 2. Now, at this point in the Video Game Awards, I was very confident that Red Dead Redemption 2 was going to take all of the awards for the evening as well as Game of the Year. Of course, I had to continue watching, and hopefully you all tuned in and watched all of this. Uh, if you did, let me know what you guys think should have taken some of these categories, or if you think Red Dead Redemption 2 was deserving of all of this. You know, let me know. Give me a reason to pick up this game. But we move on to Best Mobile Game. And this is a game that I'm planning on checking out myself because, well, it won a big award at the Video Game Awards this year called Florence. Now, I have not seen anything about this game before, so I don't really know much information about it, but I'm definitely going to check it out. And I encourage you guys to. It won an award. How could it be bad? We also had Best VR AR, which I thought was going to end up going to the game Beat Saber, because that just looks like a really fun, energetic, new take on the Guitar Hero theme, but it didn't win a game called Astrobot 1, and it does. It looks really cool, uh, something that you could definitely spend a lot of time playing, and definitely a big congrats to that. After that, they kind of uh, switched gears a little bit to focus on some individuals for the evening, and they they threw out a couple of different awards. Uh, one was Best Content Creator of the Year, and if you're unsure of what this is, this is a streamer such as a YouTuber or someone who streams on Twitch, Facebook, any of those really uh, are content creators, and they switch gears very often. YouTube being one of the big players in the game now. A lot of people still stream with Twitch. Uh, but this award was won by Ninja. And a lot of you, I'm sure, will know that name. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with it, he has been a key player in this content creation for a good while now. But he really hit his stride when the game Fortnite came out. And he skyrocketed because of his skill with this game. He has some of the biggest following on YouTube and Twitch. Is very entertaining to watch. He's very good at what he does. Congratulations to him, his family, his wife, and the insane amount of money that he makes each month from doing what he loves doing. The following award was Best Esports Player, which went to Sonic Fox. And a big congratulations goes out to him for being the first openly gay, furry, black award winner at the Video Game Awards. Following that was the Best Indie Game, which was won by Celeste. And after checking this game out, it is kind of a, a side-ish, because it also goes up and down, a side-scrolling platformer with a, a pretty high level of difficulty to it after watching some of the gameplay and everything. It also deals with and addresses some mental health issues that people suffer from. And that's where this game got a lot of its, its steam from. I, I, it has helped a lot of people come to terms with things and get past their inner demons. So big congratulations to this game, the creators, and the company. The best sports slash racing game ended up going to Forza Horizon 4. Which, kind of interesting to see a racing game win in the best sports slash racing category. And I think that 
they had to add the Slash Racing category because of Forza Horizon, which is pretty cool. Um, I haven't really played very many racing games in a while. The last one I actually played and enjoyed was Need for Speed Underground 2 on the PlayStation 2. So I'm a little bit out of the racing and sports game scene, I guess you could say. But big congratulations to them. They've come a long way since the beginning, and they're going to continue to do great things. Now, some of the last awards of the night were Best Game Direction, and this was won by God of War, and it also won Best Action Adventure Game on the same note. Uh, that being said, I completely understand why this game won the best action adventure, best direction. The story is phenomenal. The gameplay is great. The story is just mind-blowing. What they did with all of these characters, how they changed Kratos, uh, his son, the growth and development of each of these characters, not to mention all of the other characters involved in this game. I don't want to give too much away but I definitely encourage you to pick up this game and play it if you haven't. It is honestly one of my favorite games that I've picked up in the past several years. Uh, the award that followed that was Best Ongoing Game, which means the game that continually releases new content for its players, and this was won by Fortnite, which also won the Best Multiplayer Game. Now, I do play Fortnite fairly frequently, and so I can understand why it won this award. Uh, there was There's a lot to enjoy with this game, uh, from the creative aspect that they just added in, to the shooting aspect, the survival aspect. Uh, there, there's a little something for everyone, and this game does kind of appeal to just about all ages. It just depends on how comfortable you are with your kid playing a shooter. A big congratulations to Epic Games for winning this award. Now, before I go to the game of the year, some of the other games that were announced, which, keep in mind, all of these were world announcements. Like, these announcements had not been made prior to this. Uh, we had the Dreadwolf Rider, which appears to be a continuing story off of the Dragon Age line, a game called The Pathless, uh, one called Survived By. Now, this had an interesting take, and it's a, an 8-bit, 16-bit looking game where you have your character has one life. You go out, uh, you try to be the hero, save the day, you die, and you're, you make a new character, and it is your next of kin. This game looks really fun. The announcement trailer was a lot of fun to, to watch and just take in. Uh, I definitely encourage checking this out. This is going to be one of those games that I am really going to look into. I, I just It looks like a lot of fun. Check it out, guys. Another game announced is a mobile game, The Stranger Things 3 The Game. If you're familiar with the Stranger Things mobile game before, uh, this is going to cover what goes on in Season 3, which we have yet to get a release date for, but now we know that the game is coming, so that's good, I guess? Uh, Psychonauts 2 was another announcement, along with 
the Smash Ultimate Challenger Pack 1, which revealed uh, characters from, I believe it was Persona? We also got some new information about a game that I have been following since E3 of 2017 called Anthem. And if you have not checked out this game, if you don't know anything about this, shame on you. Go check it out. It looks like it's going to be one of the... I think that it will be in the running for best game of the year next year. That is my personal opinion on it. Guys, go watch the gameplay trailer, the E3 announcement trailer, some of the new stuff they've put out. It looks like a phenomenal game, an adaptive, ever-changing world that's affected by all sorts of things, such as you, weather, creatures. Just, It's a very immersive game, and I'm very excited for it. But one of the other bigger announcements of the night as far as games go was Mortal Kombat 11 with a release date of April 23rd. This trailer was brutal. It was bloody, violent, everything that you want from a Mortal Kombat game, you're going to get right here with Mortal Kombat 11. Having got the first look of this with a release date, that is out of this world. So go get your pre-order in, I'm sure there's going to be a, an edition that comes with a statue or something. I may end up with that one for all I know. Definitely, definitely go check it out. It looks better than ever. That kind of brings us to the Game of the Year Award. The nominations this year were Celeste, which I was very surprised to see an indie game in the running for Game of the Year. That speaks volumes about this game. Assassin's Creed Odyssey was another nominee. God of War was a nominee as well, which I was very excited to see. Monster Hunter World was another one that I was kind of surprised, but also pretty happy to see on there. There was Red Dead Redemption 2, which of course we knew would be nominated, and Spider-Man. Which, having not seen much of Spider-Man winning through the night, was very surprised to see it on that list. But I was very hopeful that it would make it on the nominee list. Having seen the list for this after they announced it, I had played three of the six. And I personally thought very highly of all of these games. But I was very convinced that Red Dead Redemption 2 would be the winner. So, of course, they take a small break, and then they announce the winner as God of War for the winner of the Game of the Year. This blew me away. I could not have been more excited when they announced that because it really is that fantastic of a game. Having won over a game that people have been talking about since release, Red Dead Redemption 2, I was surprised to see this overcome but very happy with the result. I can't wait to see what the Game of the Year edition is going to hold, even though I already own the original copy of it. I may trade out. But, guys, if you didn't tune in to the Game Awards, there's your bit of a rundown on what you missed out on. I encourage you all to go. You can you can sit and watch the whole thing. It's up on YouTube, on the Game Awards website. 
It was it was a great show. They had live performances. Hans Zimmer was leading the Game Awards Orchestra. There were several awards that were somewhat minor off to the side that I didn't list off that you may be excited for, but just so much about the Video Game Awards was exciting, pleasing, everything that you could want from a nerdy awards show. Really, guys, I, I encourage going back and watching it. I may go back and re-watch it. It was that entertaining to me. So let me know what you guys thought. Did you agree with some of the winners of these awards? Do you think that something else should have won? Uh, let me know in the comments, guys. I really want to interact with you guys. Tell me what you think should have won Game of the Year. Do you agree with God of War? Do you think Red Dead Redemption should have got it? Or maybe even Spider-Man? Just let me know in the comments or, you know, send us a message to the Sword of My Comics page on Facebook. Uh, just something. Let's get interactive. Let's mingle, guys. And we will catch you guys on the next one. Thanks a lot there, Alpha Spectre. And, uh, yeah, I was watching along with him. And it was it was interesting. Uh, there was a lot of stuff I didn't understand. There was at one point a guy said a sentence with a lot of words. And the only thing I understood was Fortnite. Because I know what Fortnite is. But, yeah, I was kind of confused for a lot of that event. Vin, you're you're pretty big into video games. Oh, yeah. uh, everybody, Vinny-wise, our, our newly pubescent intern. Hey, what did you just even say? <laughs> okay. Uh, come on over here to the mic real quick. Uh, did you watch the Game Awards at all? Um, no. No, but you did hear a little bit about it. Yeah. Okay, did anything stand out to you? Anything excite you a little bit? That God of War, like, got the game of the year. That was crazy, right? Like yeah, me. I didn't expect that, really. Yeah, me personally, I wanted Spider-Man to win. I knew it wasn't going to, because Red Dead Redemption is, like, right there. But that's what I expected to win, was Red Dead Redemption 2. Not God the, of War. The three figs I thought were going to win... Was Spider-Man, Red Dead, or Fortnite? <laughs> Fortnite wasn't even nominated. Rip. <laughs> oh, my God. Whatever that means. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, but, it, I mean, I should say this, though. I mean, people are still talking about God of War. Like, people haven't shut up about that game since it came out. And Spider-Man, while a, a great game, amazing game, I love it. Can't wait to play through it again someday. But... I mean, people have already kind of moved on, and not even all the DLC is out for it yet. So, it kind of makes sense that God of War would win over Spider-Man, but I'm very surprised it beat Red Dead 2 with, with the hype for that game and everything that came out for it. Man, that was that was weird. I uh, still... I'm, I'm actually getting Red Dead, and it's going to be very... Oh, man. You're going to get lost. I'll never see my son again, but... Okay. Uh, I What we are going to see again, though is uh, the one piece of news that we have today, and that is that Celebrity Deathmatch is returning. A revival for the insanely popular show, uh, which ran from 1998 to 2007, is in the early planning stages between MTV Studios and CubeVision. President of MTV, VH1, and CMT, Chris McCarthy, said in a statement, quote, We're excited to grow our partnership with Ice Cube and CubeVision to reimagine this. Deathmatch was the meme before memes, remains a hot topic on social media, and will be the and will be a smart, funny way to tackle the over the top rhetoric of today's pop culture 
where it belongs, in the wrestling ring, end quote. And while part of me is excited to see this show come back because it was a staple of my childhood, it was one of the things that got brought up on the schoolyard every week, uh, everyone saying, did you see this one? Did you see this one? And this is before the days of YouTube, folks. We couldn't just go look it up and catch up. If you missed it, you'd have to wait for a rerun if that one happens. And it was a really funny show. I loved it. It was hilarious. And they even leaked into other elements of pop culture. I remember those uh, Lipton Brisk Ice Tea uh, fight things. I think it was like Rocky fighting people or something. And while I don't think it was initially tied into Celebrity Deathmatch... I do think it was the same people doing those commercials. So, like, it it was a staple. And due to nostalgia, I kind of want to see it come back. But is this really the political environment? Is this really the socially political environment for this? Where in which the Me Too movement is happening and inclusion is a huge thing. And quite frankly, not to get too, like, I don't know what term to, to apply to it, but... People get butt hurt a lot. People people are incredibly sensitive. And now there are a lot of things that people say, "Oh, you're being too sensitive." And no, they're not. There you know, there are things that need to change. But I mean, people get offended and pissed off about everything. And while in the 90s and early 2000s, something like that could have helped the show grow and would have actually catapulted it, like I I'm, I'm pretty sure it did. I feel like these days it would bury something like this. I don't see this show going one season without causing some really huge controversy or something, just something that might burn it down. But then again, we are talking about a network, MTV, which has bred so many, so many, too many. I just got tired thinking about it. Reality shows, a lot of which have lasted way longer than they need to and probably showcased so many things that would probably cause them to come under fire, like I'm assuming will happen with this. So at the same time, as while I think it can't survive very long, uh, I do think having MTV be the one to bring it back, which is only appropriate for obvious reasons, I do think that'll give it a little more staying power than it would have without them. I don't know. Those are my thoughts. Let me know what you think about this. Uh, Let me know some matchups. Tell me some matchups you would love to see in the celebrity world. Let's keep it current because that's really the big thing with this show is it, it likes to tackle current pop culture figures. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little bit of a rule on this one. No Trump matchups. No, you can't use Trump. That's too easy. You can put anyone in there with him. Whatever. No Trump matchups. Give me anyone else but Trump. Give me some matchups, tag teams, triple threats, whatever you want to do. But leave them down in the comments below. That would be wildly interesting. And uh, I'm serious. Please do this because I would love to read some of these off during the next episode. Oh, you you got one? Yeah. Okay. Think- Hold on. Let me let me get you over here to the In mic. In this TV show, they would probably bring Juice World. Okay, versus who? Um, probably um, 
somebody. You got in over your head. You didn't know what you were doing at first there, did you? No, I'm trying to think of somebody who would actually, like, kind of match the juice. Well, no, like, don't, don't tackle this with, like, realistic expectations. Because, one, we're talking about a show that's claymation. Like, they're not going to bring these actual celebrities in to fight. They're going to make claymation and then hire actors to do the voice and stuff. So this is pure fantasy. This is, like, anyone you would ever want to see fight Juice World. Who would it be? Did you almost say Trump? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Who, who would you want? Probably Trippy Red. Say it into the mic. Probably Trippy Red. Okay. I don't know who either of those guys are, but you heard it from a youthful perspective. There's one matchup that could go down. But I feel like now is the appropriate time to head into the phone booth. It's time for the news. The phone booth news. That's right, everyone. It's time for the phone booth news where I try to give you the news faster than Deadpool can save the day, which gives me three minutes, 45 seconds. We've got Vinny Wise on the timer here. He knows what to do by now. Let me go ahead and open up my script, which is something I should have done already. Uh, accidentally added a forward slash there. But what I'm going to want to do is... What you do. Uh, for that, you guys need to watch a uh, your World News Today from the Valley Folk. But uh, All right, we're going to get into this phone booth news. Vinny Wise, let me know when you've got the timer started. Okay. Three, two, one. Three, two, one, four. Did you start? In video game news, Daybreak Studios, the creator of multiplayer game DC Universe Online, announced the layoffs of roughly 70 employees this week, according to Variety. The company said the layoffs are due to, quote, structure optimization, end quote. In TV news, a promo for The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Part 2, a release date of April... In a promo, I'm sorry, a release date of April 5th, 2019 was revealed, along with the possibility of werewolves. Ahead of the season 11 finale, Jodie Whittaker has confirmed that she will return as the Doctor in the season 12 next year. George R.R. Martin has found yet another reason to put off his final book in the Song of of Ice and Fire series, this time mentioning he would like to see a show that focuses on the common people of Westeros that runs concurrently with the Game of Thrones show. A new Ghost in the Shell anime, SAC 2045, has head, is headed to Netflix in 2020 by studios production IG and Sola Digital Arts and will be co-directed by Ghost in the Shell standalone complexes Kenji Kamiyama and Appleseed's Shinji Araki. Araki. <laughs> I can't get away with getting a name right in movie news after a mere three months of filming todd phillips's upcoming joker origin film has reportedly wrapped principal photography entered post-production and is scheduled to be released on october 4th 2019 the director of the lego batman movie chris mckay confirmed that work on a sequel has already begun while jason momoa was seen in Times square raising a trident and howling his aquaman battle cry in advertisement for aquaman which hits theaters december 21st the hollywood reporter revealed that warner brothers is developing a movie for dc hero plastic man with amanda idoko penning the script According to Deadline, Marvel Studios is not just planning a Sang-Chi Master of Kung Fu film, but an entire film franchise based around the character. No word yet on whether or not this will be connected to the MCU. 
Sorry, Jake Gyllenhaal has officially confirmed his role in Spider-Man Far From Home. In a video and his very first Instagram post, Gyllenhaal, reading ama- Gyllenhaal is reading Amazing Spider-Man number three, uh, 311, The Return of the Man Called Mysterio, with another Mysterio-centric issue framed behind him with the caption that reads, I just realized I'm not playing Spider-Man. In other news, the website... The websites AvengersEndgame.com and AvengersEndgameMovie.com will not take you where you think. Turns out Twitter user at a guy in chair, real name unknown, brought the do- bought the domains after the re- release of Avengers Infinity War and is holding them hostage for tickets to the Avengers Endgame premiere in LA. When clicked, the links take you to the website for Once Upon a Deadpool, the PG-13 retelling of Deadpool 2. Speaking of Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds recently told Ellen that when asked about his rivalry with Hugh Jackman, God, I'm watching this quote he's on the kickball change kickball uh, kick right now i can't seem to bring him back i can't seem to bring him back to the violence and the mayhem i'm trying i talk to him every other day every other day he takes a call it's not really a rivalry it's a war end quote and that is the news stop the watch Three minutes, 30 seconds. Holy shit, with all my screw-ups, I still did it under time. I I really did screw that one up, didn't I? A lot. You were like... That was so bad. Okay, well, we're going to move on from that train wreck and travesty and actually get a little caught up, guys. Recently, The Ranch Season 6 has come out, and I blew through that in about three days. (laughs) Not because it's so short, which it is. It's like 10 episodes, but because I love that show. Holy crap. And those first three episodes, I'm not going to say anything about it. The show just came out. But, man, those first three episodes are going to tear you up. The season is going to leave you on a cliffhanger like always. And you're going to want more. If you're a fan of the show, you've made it all six seasons, you're going to want more of this show. Uh, I also recently finished the Punisher War Machine arc uh, from Marvel Comics. That was pretty awesome. Although the ending was a little lackluster. I get it. It makes total sense why Frank would exit that armor and relinquish it to uh, Colonel Rhodes. Who, uh, when did he come back? Because literally every issue of this arc has led me to believe that he is still dead, done, and gone. But he's back, I guess. I uh, There was no reveal that it was some sort of shapeshifter. I don't know. It just The ending left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, I'm excited to get to the next issue. The whole arc was a good read up until that point. Uh, I also got my hands on Doomsday Clock, and while I don't see why everyone was freaking out about it i can see why everyone would freak out about the ending of it and this issue just came out so i'm not really going to spoil anything but while interesting and seemingly returning to the watchman form uh which we were all expecting from this which we've had tastes of and this is kind of a crossover so i mean it is going to feel different this book wasn't like i'm over the moon issue nine however with this ending Oh my god, that's going to be so great. And I'm I am going to give this away because we knew this was going to happen eventually. I mean, it it's kind of what this entire 12 issue series has been geared towards, but 
we're going to see Superman meet Dr. Manhattan next issue. I have no insider information. I've seen no pictures or leaks or, or descriptions or whatever. All I know is that with that ending, it's happening. It's coming next issue, and it's going to be so great. I mean, it's Jeff Johns. It's Jeff Johns writing this thing. I'm also gearing up for Elseworlds. We record these on Sundays, so that is happening tonight. I'll probably get to watch it tomorrow because I watch things on the CW app. Uh, My personal advice, if you are not caught up on the other shows like Flash, Arrow, all of that, don't worry about it. This really feels like something you could just jump into. I know that Crisis on Earth X was, was something that you could just get involved with you didn't have to watch it in fact they even had it billed as a separate show on the cw app for months so yeah if if you're really interested in elseworlds and it sounds cool but you're bummed out because you're not caught up don't worry about it just check it out uh it should be all up on the cw app by the time this goes up because i feel like i believe the last episode was tuesday night so when you're hearing this on wednesday it should all be up on there check it out Again, 100% going to go in saying, this is going to be awesome. I am not going to be unhappy by this. And I I don't really know anything about it. It could be a whole big pile of crap, but I'm saying it right now. Even though I might be wrong, it's going to be amazing. But that's all I've really been doing and, and checking out. You checked out something last night. I actually forced something on you. Go ahead and come over back to the mic again. Uh, I forced a movie on. I forced a movie on you that I was thinking about it in the car today, and I was like, "Oh boy, there's that scene, there's this scene." I shouldn't have shown him this movie yet, uh, <laughs> but uh, but I did. The damage is done, and that movie was Kung Pao Enter the Fist, and you didn't want to watch it at first. Why? Why didn't you want to watch it? Tell me why you didn't want to watch it. Because the cover looks. Super silly and stupid and funny. But see, that's the thing. Because the movie is super silly and stupid and funny, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so the cover is perfect for this. But what? So what did you think about it as a whole? I don't even know. It's like dubstep and Japan movie made a video together. <laughs> okay. Uh, but you liked it. You would yes. totally watch it again, right? Probably yes. Yeah, and if it, it, what was your what was your favorite part? What, what's your favorite part of the movie? Um, There's a lot. I know. Yeah, we're falling. <laughs> we're oh. falling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah man, there's so many. Uh, for me, there's so many great great parts. I love. Um, I love Betty's joke at the at the table. What do you get when you cross an owl with a bungee cord? My ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough. I remember, like, I was on my phone, and then I looked back at the TV, and everyone was dying, and then they just came back alive. I was like, what? Yeah. Well, that's why you need to not look at your phone while you're watching a movie. I was looking at my phone for like one minute. Yeah, well, this is a movie where a lot of stuff happens. Uh, Yeah, there's so much. Oh, my God. The part I could quote this movie all day and I quote this movie all the time, especially my finger points. I will walk up to people at work and I will just say my finger points and that'll point and they'll look in that direction. I have no fucking idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, no, um, your days are over, mister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they punches the hole through him. Yeah, it's so great. Any, uh, any other parts that you really liked? When he's fighting a cow. When he's fighting the cow. I thought you were going to hate that. Even when I was a kid, I hated that part. But you liked that part. Yeah, pretty funny. Yes, yeah. and now I feel like I should regret watching the cow part. No, no, you like what you like. Don't don't be swayed by other people's opinion. That's just how I felt about it when That's I was how... a kid. But if you thought it was funny, you thought it was funny, man. And and hey, they thought it was funny, or else they wouldn't have put it in there. So there's obviously an audience for it. If you guys aren't familiar with this movie, it's basically about the Chosen One who was raised by desert creatures after uh, an evil warlord uh, eventually known, well, known as Master Pain, but eventually called Betty, uh, (laughs) uh, kills his parents and eventually comes to the town where he's learning to fight from Master Tang. Is it Master Tang? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Neo. Sporin. Ah, fuck. Uh, anyways, uh, where he's being trained by Master Tang and eventually takes over the town. And then the Chosen One uh, fights him. And then there's this big surprise twist at the ending, which we won't spoil for you. But if you guys are interested in a commentary track featuring, I believe it was me, Alpha Spectre James Odell, and Dr. T. Neil Travis Herman. We did an audio commentary track for this. It's on this channel, uh, whether you're on YouTube, SoundCloud, wherever. So look that up. Check this movie out. Uh, any final thoughts you wanted to you know slip what? in I here? just found out that's crazy. Huh. Your age, you were watching this at my age with your brother. Yeah. My well, age. Well, clo- close to your age, a little older than you. And now my yeah. age, I'm watching it with my best friend. Yeah. I, I, not only did I show this to my son, but I showed it to his friend, too. <laughs> No, I mean, it's not a terrible movie. It's not raunchy. There's no boobs in it or anything like that. It's not crazy bad. There are just a couple comments that are made in it that are stupid. But, I mean, I was watching things like uh, Ace Ventura Pet Detective when I was way younger than you. And, uh, yeah, that had a lot worse stuff in it. So, all right, well... Guys, I think that's going to do it for us on this episode. Like this episode if you liked it. Subscribe if you loved it. You're checking this out somewhere. While here, why not like, comment, and share your thoughts on any of today's story. And hell, share the episode in general. It helps every time. Fidget, this is not the time. You had your chance to talk about the movie. Fidget the Wonder Cat, our other intern here. I have, I have a 12-year-old and a, a cat as interns. What am I doing? Uh, anyways, and hit that bell below if you're on YouTube and you want to know when the newest episodes are up. Like our nerd news page, Sort of My Comics, on Facebook, and follow Sort of My Podcast on Instagram. Check out Subject to Change Entertainment on Facebook and Twitter, and all of our personal social media is down in the description below, even though three of those guys aren't even, well, two of those guys aren't even on the show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> guys, my name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human. Thank you for watching this episode. And let me know if you see a radio shack. <laughs>